Well, hello, hockey fans. Welcome to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. And welcome to May. It is Wednesday, May 1st, and I'm so happy to be here today. I am your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And bringing in the, the, the spring weather on this May 1st is my fabulous co-host, the one and only Mr. Rick Stevens, our editor-in-chief and founder here at Rocket Sports Media. Thrilled to be here, uh, bringing in the spring weather, and that includes uh, noticing our friends in, in Newfoundland. Uh, they have uh, a bit of snow, and uh, some of our friends in northern Ontario the same. Um, so, yes, still hockey weather, I suppose. But I'm really thrilled that, that you're here today. Um, yeah? Now, well, yeah, we were supposed to record yesterday, and I was I was uh, stuck in the Rocket Sports um, radio studio, and uh, but you weren't available. Now, I, no. there seems to be some confusing reports, but... Were were you at the the International Jazz Day All Star Global Concert? And you had jetted off to Melbourne. You were there, Herbie Hancock, and and the big jazz concert that was going on. Um, you were there as a participant. You were there as a reporter. You were there as a spectator. I I, I really want to know. Well, you know, I do have a multitude of talents, so. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a number of different reasons why I would have been at such an event. I could there's I could be playing a musical instrument. I could be providing some voiceover. I could just be sheerly enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a number of reasons why I could have been in Melbourne. Uh, but we're not going to find out those reasons today. Um, <laughs> but. Happy uh, International, not just National, but International Jazz Day to uh, everyone, including yourself, who was celebrating yesterday. Oh, that now see, why didn't I know? I could have used some jazz yesterday. For the record, no, I wasn't in Melbourne, Australia, but I wish I was because <laughs> yesterday was a, was a bit of a nutty day. International Jazz Day. I am a big fan mm-hmm. of the jazz. So, um that's pretty fun. Can is that is that eligible to be celebrated a day late? Well, absolutely. Yeah, and and okay. and given that it was in Australia, there's there's got to be something, um, you know, to do with the the time zones and whatnot that we can yeah, still yeah, be yeah, celebrating yeah, yeah. today. So, uh, yeah, yeah let's go uh, with that. as I said, Herbie Hancock was hosting it. You can put on some Herbie. You can put on some. Oh. Uh, Dexter Gordon or Sonny Rollins or, or oh, uh, yeah. Wayne Shorter or whatever your little Coltrane, fifth. little Miles, yeah, sure. little sure, yeah, 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 good stuff. I like it. Might have to do that this evening while I'm cooking dinner with a cool, refreshing adult beverage because a that's just a fun way to make dinner and b it's whoo, it's been a week. Let me tell you. Well, that's pretty <laughs> fun. So. <laughs> So international jazz day. Is there are are there any other special days we should watch out for this week, or is that kind of like the big the big one for the week? Yeah, well, um, there's the May first is kind of lame. Other than the big, you know, May Day, 
Um, yes, where well, the, the where I, the communists march their their I was gonna say, military I'm, army, I'm not army a communist, down the, so. down the, yeah. the main drag. Um, there's School Principals Day. There's uh, National Mother Goose Day. Uh, chocolate parfait day. There, it's it's not really. It's not what a really lame a, week. I know, I know it is. Um, okay, so I'm just gonna uh, you, celebrate National Day. You can wait till Friday and celebrate National Lumpy Rug Day if you wish. Um, what the hell is that? <laughs> I, I didn't investigate it. Um, I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't no. think I want to know. I'm gonna celebrate Jazz Day every day this week. Mm-hmm. As an altern as an alternative. There you go. We're wow. we were celebrating Shakespeare last week. Jazz this week. Um we just add culture to our hockey. We really do. We really, really do. I'm drinking coffee today, by the way, so I should just warn everyone. Uh oh. Coffee coffee for the pot. we all know how that went the last time I had coffee for the podcast. <laughs> it didn't go um, well. <laughs> the caffeine effect. Thankfully, no, it wasn't good. Yeah, thankfully there's nothing um, today that's gonna get me that riled up that the ca- the added caffeine will aggravate. So I think we'll be safe. I I, I think we'll be safe. Um, so speaking of what we're gonna talk about, um, it wasn't a, a gigantically heavy news week in in. Uh, in some aspects, but there's some things that we're going to talk about. Uh, there's a couple more signings for the Canadians that uh, that happened after we talked about Christian Follin being signed last week. Um, that we're just going to briefly mention um, more along the lines of kind of how we talked about it last week in how they could potentially affect um, prospects and players at the AHL level, um, as well as talk a little bit about some news with Carter Hart. Um, then we're going to head around the AHL. There's been, you mentioned, I, I think it was last week that you mentioned that coaching changes were going to start happening now that we were in uh, the postseason. And sure enough, there's been another one that has taken place, um, a new coach uh, in effect. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit. And then, hey, tonight kicks off round two of the Calder Cup playoffs. So the division final series all begin tonight. So we're going to break down who made it through the division semifinals, who has advanced to round two, and who is playing whom, um, and how those first round series went down. So we'll briefly take a look at that before we head beyond the AHL. Uh, there's uh, some news out of the OHL the goaltender of the year award and it's a guy that we've talked about and have have liked for quite some time so we'll give some props to him towards the end of the show as well as um take a look and see uh what else is happening in the world of uh hockey outside of the AHL so um let's get right to it what do you think I'm ready when you are that's good. Um, of course, don't forget at any time if you want to reach out to us regarding the show or any questions about prospects, the AHL, hockey in general, uh, don't be afraid to hit us up on Twitter. You can find us at the AHL Report, and of course, you can find us on the website AHL.Report, and uh, that's where you can find us. We're there all the time. Uh, so, Rick, the Canadians, we talked last week about how, man, whew, 
so relieved that they locked up Christian Fallen. Um, I mean, that was just uh, priorities were in full effect for the postseason for Mark Bergevin, and and Christian Fallen is definitely the one who needed a, a a contract. And we talked about that at length last week and what that could potentially mean for the likes of guys like Brett Larnout and and things of that nature. And and then Mark Bergevin turned around and. Well, he rushed out and made sure he locked up another one of his uh, players. And then he did it again. And the thing is, um, you know, I know I, I, I know that the Canadians are looking for that certain spark, particularly on the fourth line, looking for a certain spark. But I don't think signing three spark plugs because that's essentially what these three are they're a bunch of plugs i don't think that's the spark that they're looking for uh signed a one-year one-way contract with forward nate thompson as well as a hold on to your seat folks two-year two-year one-way contract for jordan wheel um the What are your thoughts on this? We've, so now we've got Christian Fullen, Nate Thompson, and and Jordan Wheel all locked up for next season. I mean, whew, I can smell the Stanley Cup coming from here. Well, as Claude Julien said at the beginning of, uh, of uh, this past season, we're in the entertainment business. And, you know, yeah. when you mention those names, that, that, that just, just speaks to the entertainment value you're going to get. Um, mm-hmm. I... I, I you know, uh, Mark Bergevin has a certain um, affinity for fourth-line players, and he spends a lot of his time uh, thinking about them and and, and uh, <laughs> m- making moves. Um, and uh, so it's a surprise, I guess, that that last season he made such a hash of the whole thing. He certainly botched the the whole fourth-line fourth uh, alignment at the beginning of the season and then spent the majority of the rest of the season trying to fix the 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 problems that he created and we 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 can um you know one easy one one simple example is Jakob de la Rose and and mm-hmm. he was absolutely the wrong person to put on on waivers and and uh Jakob de la Rose went to the wings and and solidified their fourth line and and then um uh, Mark Bergevin spent the rest of the season trying to find a person uh, like Jakob De La Rose to center his yeah. fourth line, and didn't uh, solve that till the uh, till after the trade until the trade deadline. So um, I I think and, and I, I think the other thing at play is that that Mark Bergevin gets very infatuated when he makes a good move. He gets very infatuated and. And uh, uh, we saw him do that with uh, Antti Niemi. He was, um, you know, patting himself on the back for finding Antti Niemi and for Antti Niemi to uh, regain his his uh, his game a year ago. And then, um, rather than you know count his blessings and move on, he went ahead and and uh, re-signed uh, Antti Niemi. Um, last summer and we know how badly mm-hmm. that turned out against our objections uh yeah as, uh, most of us thought that charlie lindgren should be in that spot so i think he's you know there's part of that at play here uh too um i guess um 
for me, I, I just uh, you, you you hear or you or you read um, so many fans say, um, you know, I don't see any harm. Low, you hear low risk signing. I don't see any harm. Um, there's no negatives um, in 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 signings, and uh, none of that is true. There's consequences no. to every single signing, uh, and yep. particularly um, as it as it relates to Laval. Uh, I mean, there's 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 consequences to the to the cap, even um, even though some of the salaries are are not significant. The monies get significant when when teams get into cap trouble, and we see them trying to squeeze every dollar in the cap. They don't call up players until after five to you know to maximize uh, the money available. There's um, maximum number of contracts that can be uh, offered by a team that plays into it um, in, in um, Laval specifically, there would be an effect on, on development as, as players get bumped down the, uh, the roster. Cause we, you know, uh, with the, these fourth line signings, what does that mean for Dale Weiss and Nicholas Delorier and Matthew Pekka? And you know, are they going to end up in, in Laval? Um, so there's there's an effect on development. There's there's an effect on the veterans rule uh, that is in the at uh, play in the AHL, and mm-hmm. um, and how many you can have and how many can play and um, and those kinds of things. So um, I, I I I I get a little. It's a bit of a pet peeve. I get a little irritated when I um, hear people say they're. Oh, no consequences, uh, you know. Sign them up, load up the just just uh, load up the the roster with uh, fourth liners and and uh, seventh and eighth defensemen. There's uh, there's just no risk to doing so, and of course that couldn't be further from the truth. Well, and my my you know we talked about this in regards to Brett Learnout last week, and now now it's extended, of course, to the forwards as, as well. And now you've sent a message, right? You've it, it was one thing when it was out of left field and it was Christian Folan. Within the course of a week, you've got Folan, Thompson, and Wheel right at the beginning of the off season, and it's kind of like, okay, so are your prospects in Laval who just ended their season a couple of weeks ago as well? And are now heading into the summer thinking, okay, I'm going to come back, I'm going to train hard, and I'm going to compete for a spot at camp. Are they all now looking at at the news uh, online and going, well, I don't see where I'm going to fit into the roster, so how hard should I really work this summer? Now, that's not to say every, every, every player is going to give it their all this summer and they're going to go to camp and they're going to compete, but you've now taken the likelihood. It's like, you've just deflated the, the, the helium balloon, right? It's you've taken all of the air out of it um, because you're, you're already committing right at the beginning of the off season. You're, you're committing one way contracts to guys who are essentially filling that fourth line where habitually anyone who would get called up from Laval or contend for a roster spot uh, out of camp would slot in. So what's the likelihood that any of them crack that and send one of these guys who just got a brand new shiny contract um, on waivers down to Laval? Um, 
for it, me, it, it means it, something. It means something to to support your point. It means something to be part of a an organization, to be drafted by an organization, uh, to know you're in an organization who values its its uh, uh, draftees and its its draft its prospects that they that they've drafted, and and um, and that motivates you to move your way up the the development chain. Um, mm-hmm. And yet, when when players are constantly being brought in and putting in the way, putting uh, roadblocks in the way of that development, uh, that is discouraging for for prospects. And uh, uh, we can say that we've heard that message uh, privately uh, before about mm-hmm. um, from players who are very discouraged uh, that um, that there there are are. Um, obstacles in the way of of their development um um and and it's not something that that they can do anything about and as you and to to support your point in return um so there's that aspect of oh my gosh okay well they've signed these guys um you know how am i going to compete to take their spot on the roster now um and as you mentioned now there's the Dale Weeses and the Nicola Deloriers and the Matthew Pekkas, who, quite frankly, um, particularly the first two, uh, have really don't have a lot to offer at the NHL level anymore, uh, in in my humble opinion. And so, who's gonna claim those guys on waivers? Yeah. Particularly Dale Weese and his contract. Um, so as you said, do those guys end up in Laval? And so now it's double whammy against those prospects. There's new signings for fourth line guys that they have to try to, to dislodge at camp. And on top of that, there's a good chance that they get guys who get sent down to Laval because there's no room for them on the roster who are then going to take their places in the top six um, in Laval. And it's just, it stifles development um it's just there's this log jam I, I don't think i've ever known a team to have an entire roster full of fourth liners but it feels like that's what claude julian and mark bergevin are really are really good at doing well and if there was um, a, a clear example of that happening it was this past year with respect to the laval defense um mm-hmm. which featured uh, uh, all kinds of of uh, NHL uh, experience, and at various times, uh, for the most part, the, the entire season, you saw Carl Alsner and uh, Xavier Ouellette, but you also saw uh, David Schlemko and um, Victor Meta, uh, Simone Dupre, uh, Brett Kulak, and that had an effect on on uh, the kind of not only the ice time, um, not only getting into the lineup, but the kinds of responsibilities given to. Uh, a Brett Lernout, uh, David Sklenichka, um Cal Fleury, um, and uh, uh, Michael Moravchuk got tired of the whole thing and and yeah. uh, and, and left. Um, and the, the same kind of thing uh, can happen as we look as we look uh, to to the fall. There's all kinds of excitement. Uh, amongst the Canadians and Laval Rocket fan base uh, for the young, the injection of young talent. Uh, will Nick Suzuki be there um, mm-hmm. and joining Jake Evans and Lucas Vedemo, um, uh 
uh, Joel T- Teasdale, um, along with Josh Brooke and and Caden Primo, and uh, but but are all these folks going to have to to compete with uh, the Matthew Peckas and Dale Weeses and Nicholas Deloriers and um, and 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 even when we look at uh, the bottom of the Canadians roster uh, for Ryan Paling, who there's there's uh, some expectations that uh, at some point during the season he, he would be the the fourth line center, but but uh, having a coach who who leans towards veterans is uh, Nate Thompson going to um, you know eat up a lot of those minutes that uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Paling could uh, be um, be using for his development, and we saw that that um, it's not necessarily the um, you know anything other than confidence and when 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 players sit for long periods of time um it, their confidence can can uh, definitely be shaken and and uh that's what's needed most at at that age group to to be able to perform to expectations and one one last point on it allow me to put the cart a little bit before the horse and just kind of think ahead into a what if, what if scenario. So let's say guys like Delorier, Weiss, um, Pekka, maybe let's say some of those guys end up in Laval. As we've heard all year long from coach Joel Bouchard, it is a very young roster, very young, very, very young players who are, are learning the AHL. They're learning maturity they're learning maturity in their game um and they need good leadership um so carl alsner was a great example of someone who provided that kind of leadership um and had a great attitude uh while he was in laval brett kulak uh, great attitude the time that he during the time that he was in laval um you know, I can list a number of, of players who, who were good role models and probably good mentors for the young group in Laval. Some of the guys who could potentially end up in Laval next year, let's just kindly and succinctly say, don't have a great attitude about playing in the AHL. Um, and that's, you know, again, I'm putting the cart before the horse. I'm just saying I'm thinking – I'm thinking six moves ahead and I don't want to see young players around other players who think they're too good to be in the AHL and, and there's no reason for them to be there. Um, So that's just something that I kind of keep an eye on as well. However, um, I'm going to switch gears just for a second here over to the Philadelphia Flyers organization. We haven't talked about them um, in a little bit here. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I know I'm going off, I'm going off book here. I'm put, I'm inserting Uh-oh. something into the agenda. I know. I'm sorry to surprise you with this. The, this news just popped up today. Um, the Flyers have made a signing. Um, they signed former third round pick goalie prospect Kirill Ustamenko uh, to his three-year entry-level contract. Um, and so he's 
been playing for Dynamo in St. Petersburg. He's 20 years old, um, but it's they're saying that he could play in North America next year now um, because he'll be 20. So, so now the question is, um, you know, will we see him in Lehigh Valley with the Phantoms? Because yet again, the uh, the Flyers have, will have themselves with an interesting uh, a goaltending situation. The expectation is probably that Carter Hart will will stay up with the Flyers. You've got Alex Lyons still under contract, but I believe Felix Sandstrom is slated to now start playing in Lehigh Valley. So um, now you've got another uh, another goaltender signed to his ELC. Will they, you know, we know in the past uh, Lehigh Valley has carried a three goaltender rotation for for small frame of time so that do they do that again do they send this guy to Reading in the ECHL it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out but uh, Flyers signing a goaltender to his entry-level contract <laughs> what would <laughs> the Flyers be if they didn't have a million goaltenders and how many did they use this past season <laughs> well I think that's it right they, they're they're They've got to start stocking up to try to break their own record from from last year. Oh, we will see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, speaking of goaltenders in the Flyers organization, uh, Carter, we talked last week about how um, it's a great experience for Caden Primo to uh, be selected to to represent um, Team Canada at the IIHF World Championship. Um, and while, as as you had mentioned, while it's fairly likely that he might not see any actual playing time uh, because there are goaltenders with NHL experience uh, who are also on that roster, that it'll be a good experience for him, much like Charlie Lindgren had last year representing Team USA. Uh, And sure enough, uh, Mr. Carter Hart has been selected um, to represent Team Canada at the men's IIH World Championship. World Championship. So Mackenzie Blackwood, Matt Murray, and Carter Hart will be your three goaltenders for Team Canada. Um, sorry, and Caden Primo will be representing Team USA. Um, so that's that's going to be good experience there for for Carter as well, particularly coming off the season that he had on his call his uh, <laughs> quite a exciting call up with the Philadelphia Flyers. And I should also mention that Team Canada just today added Jared McCann to the roster um, for the World Championship. Um, he is 22. He's a he's a Pittsburgh product, Pittsburgh Penguins product. So uh, Team Canada has added to their roster today as well. So Carter Hart will be there. Caden Primo will be there. So we've got. Uh, We've got goaltending prospects uh, on both sides of the border representing at Worlds this year. Um, So that will be very exciting to follow. With that, uh, we are going to take one quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about, hmm, who is, who, which team has a new bench boss? Because there is one that was announced this week. So don't go anywhere. Uh, When we come back, we're going to reveal who's got a new coach right after this. 
for all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, of course, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And be sure to hit us up on Twitter at the AHL Report uh, anytime, seven days a week, 365 days a year. If you've got questions about the AHL, the Laval Rocket, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, or prospects uh, in the ECHL and beyond. But Rick... You put you had a, you had an omen last week. You said coaching changes are going to start happening. <laughs> sure, <laughs> and the hockey world listened. Uh, and there's a new coach in the Western Conference. Chicago Blackhawks announced that Derek King will be the new head coach of the Rockford Ice Hogs. New co- head coach, much like the old head coach, because uh, uh, <laughs> Derek King um, had the interim tag taken off of his uh, uh, head coaching gig. Um, he was the uh, the fellow that moved from the assistance chair to the interim head coach uh, in January as uh, Sheldon Brookbank uh, went up to um, uh, coach the, the Blackhawks. So... Um, uh, Derek King, who's been a longtime assistant uh, with both the Marlies and and uh, and Ice Hogs, um, gets his uh, his first. He'll have his first full season as uh, head coach in the AHL um, starting uh, this fall. Fantastic! I'm betting there's going to be more news like that coming, but not yet. Not all at once. Um, and we still like Rockford's logo. <laughs> we still we like Rockford's logo. It's a good one. Uh, but on exciting news, Calder Cup playoffs are kind of happening right now. You know, that little thing. Uh, and round one, officially in the books, division semifinals. And um, were there any surprises for you with the results? Well, um, you know, maybe not as startling as, as what's been going on uh, with the NHL um, uh, playoffs, mm-hmm. but certainly uh, some patterns, uh, some parallels, I guess, is, is the word. Um, as, as the AHL lost its uh, second and third uh, place uh, overall team in the regular season, 
uh, with the the Marlies upsetting. I, I, it would be called an upset. The Marlies up upsetting the Amherst. Um sweeping them. And, and and the uh the Cleveland Monsters um um upsetting the, the Syracuse Crunch. Yeah. Really surprising on both counts. Um and Rochester didn't win a game. Toronto took that series three oh. Um and and Syracuse only managed to get one win against the Cleveland Monsters. Um so early exits. Uh, there and as you said, some parallels, particularly for Syracuse, with Tampa Bay going out uh, in the fashion they did in, at the NHL level, and and their farm team Syracuse following suit. Um, Habs fans will probably be happy to hear. Well, Flyers fans too probably be happy to hear that the Charlotte Checkers took care of business and and knocked the Providence Bruins right on out of the playoffs. Um, and, and somebody that that I liked this season was Andrew uh, Karelski and and uh, um, he's I, I liked the way he played uh, when we saw him for the Checkers and and he's leading the the AHL right now in playoff scoring uh, with five goals and four assists um, played a big hand in in ousting uh, the Bruins in the first round. We like that. We like that. Uh, the other Eastern Conference series was a nail biter. Uh, it was Hershey against Bridgeport and it went to game five. Um, and Hershey ended up winning that series in overtime in Bridgeport in game five. Um, what a, what a way to finish out that series. So now Hershey and Charlotte are the ones who, who now face off. They take their first game in Charlotte on Friday. Um, interestingly enough, Rick, one of the strong suits for, I mean, Charlotte has a, has a lot of strong aspects of their team in their game, but one of the biggest is in net for them. And Andre Nedeljkovic, uh, who has now been called up by Carolina with Peter Morazic going out with injuries. So how much does that change uh, the, the, the product on the ice for Charlotte as they head into to round two against Hershey? Um, well, I, I would say it it, uh, it changes things. <laughs> kind of quite a, a rhetorical bit. question. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, he he um, has been a rock uh, for uh, Nedeljkovic. That is uh, for Charlotte all season. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, uh, you know, it's it's all about uh, opportunity um, in the AHL, and and uh, look, look at uh, a team like the Marlies, who uh, goaltending was was a problem. Um, uh, at the beginning of the season, um, and then uh, Hutchinson was acquired to kind of settle things down, which he did, and and put um, uh, the Marlies in a, uh, a position for the playoffs. But then in the playoffs, mm-hmm. it was it was Hutchinson who was called up uh, when Sparks was having some trouble uh, in Toronto, and um, it's the the, the fellow who. Um, Casimir Casasuo, um, uh, who was having trouble early in the year, and 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 he's been he's been great in the playoffs for the Marlies. In fact, yes. he leads the um, the AHL in goals against, and and um, he's been lights out um, and has played really well. So um, you know, it's there's an opportunity in Charlotte uh, 
uh, for a similar thing to happen. Absolutely. And the Marlies will now face off against the Cleveland Monsters. Game one takes place for that tonight in Toronto. Uh, I think that'll be a very good series as well. Flipping over to the Western Conference, a real grudge match between the Chicago Wolves and the Grand Rapids Griffins, but Chicago did manage to come out on top for that one. They will be facing uh, another, the winner of what was another tight series, the Iowa Wild, who dispatched the Milwaukee Admirals three to two in that series. Um, So the Wolves against the Wild, uh, that also starts tonight, uh, Chicago with home ice tonight. Um, And then out in California, the Bakersfield Condors, uh, they pretty handily took care of the Colorado Eagles, winning that series three to one. And wouldn't you know, San Jose versus San Diego, it's the Gulls who came out on top with a three to one series win over the Barracuda. So the Bakersfield Condors and the San Diego Gulls start their series on Friday night. Do we know anybody? Do we know anybody who who's with the San Diego Gulls organization? Oh, I believe we do. And that would hmm. be um, hmm. Adam Cracknell. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Adam Cracknell. Good for Adam Cracknell making it. Oh, wait. Wait, is there someone else? I feel like oh, there's yes, someone there's else. Oh, yes, there's someone else. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sylvain Lefebvre. Oh, right. Making it to round two of the Calder Cup playoffs in his new home. Good luck to the San Diego Gulls. Um, so, Rick, yeah, that's there's your there's your matchup for uh, the division finals: Charlotte Checkers versus the Hershey Bears, the Toronto Marlies versus the Cleveland Monsters, Chicago Wolves versus the Iowa Wild, and the Bakersfield Condors versus the San Diego Gulls. Um, I think all four of those series could go, could go the distance. I don't know that any of those are going to be are going to be blowouts. Um, and I believe it was just announced today that TSN is going to be airing all of the Toronto home games for this series. Um, so those of you in Canada that want to see some AHL Calder Cup action can tune in uh, probably tonight. I believe that coverage starts for the Marlies against the Monsters. Exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we do switch to um, best of seven games. Remember, the the first series was best of five, but now we go to the traditional best of seven series. So we're in it for the long haul now. We are going to take one more quick break, and when we come back, we're just going to talk about a certain goaltender who is the was the best in the OHL this year. Um, and also mention a few uh, Canadians players who are are currently uh, making their mark in the CHL playoffs, uh, just to give them a bit of a stick tap as they as they head into the league championship week. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back right here on Rocket Sports Media from the Press Box. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. 
The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back. You are listening to From the Press Box here on Rocket Sports Radio uh, with your hosts, Amy Johnson, and my co-host, Rick Stevens. Of course, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at any time. Join the conversation with us as we talk about the AHL, ECHL, junior hockey prospects, and the draft. You can always find us on Twitter at the AHL Report or check us out on our website, AHL.Report. Tons of good stuff for you over there as well. Um, but we're going to go beyond the AHL right now, Rick. And All I know right. a past favorite segment, one that we probably need to bring back. Uh, maybe we'll do that over the summer a bit, is our top five segment. And one of the things, uh, one of the fun uh, versions of top five we did was top five hockey names, like our, our favorite <laughs> guys that have good hockey names. Um, and every time I hear, listening to the playoffs, watching the NHL playoffs right now. Every time I hear Boone Jenner, I remember that was one that we, we talked about uh, that day on our top five, that Boone Jenner is just a good hockey name. Um, but there was one guy, goaltender, got a pretty fun name. You remember which that one was? Um, gee, all that's coming to me is Wacy Rabbit. Um, but <laughs> that, <laughs> that's was, that was of... How could I forget about Wacy Rabbit? <laughs> yeah. Not lying to uh, you, no. but that's a real hockey player's name. Uh, yes, it is. Um, I believe the one you're talking about is um, uh, the Finland zone um, from Espo, Finland, uh, Uko Pekka Lukanen. Um, who is not only has a great name, but is a bit of a character, and, and uh, we're happy to to run into him several times um, as we covered the uh, the lead up to the World Juniors and then the World Juniors themselves. Um, but uh, Uko Pekalukinen from um, the Sudbury Wolves um, was named the OHL's Goaltender of the Year, um, and. Uh, yeah, with well deserved uh, for for him, uh, not only for his name, but for uh, um, um, <laughs> a strong, uh, sensational season. You know, sensational is is the word for it. Um, he's the first member of the Sudbury Wolves to to win this award. Uh, tied the league lead with 38 wins and six shutouts. Posted the OHL's third best goals against average at 2.5. And the best save percentage at .920. Um, and his goals against 
save percentage and those six shutouts all established new franchise records. Uh, the best, uh, most successful season that the Sudbury Wolves had had since the mid nineties. Um, and so the 20 year old, yes, his name is Ukopeka Lukanen. Um, it's real. And you know, once you, once you say it, if you, you have to say the whole name, I've said this before, you can't just call him Lukanen. You have to call him Ukopeka Lukanen because it's just more fun that way. Lots of K's just anywhere. There's a K just put another one in. That's, best way to remember how to spell it. Um, but, but congratulations to him. This was, uh, he was the unanimous choice by OHL GMs, um, received the maximum 95 points in the voting process. Um, second place with only 44 voting points. So way in second place was Boston Bruins goalie prospect, Kyle Kaiser from the Oshawa generals. Um, so congratulations to Ukopeka Lukanen. He'll be presented with his award uh, at the beginning of June at the OHL Awards Ceremony at the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. Um, he is also, by the way, Rick, the OHL's nominee for the CHL Goaltender of the Year. Um, so that winner will be announced at the end of May uh, at the Memorial Cup. So good luck to him in that process as well. Now, some people ask us why we focus on prospects like this, and it's it's to, uh, even if it's just name recognition, but to give you some idea of who's coming along in the pipeline. And um, just as an example, uh, previous winners of this award, um, we had uh, Michael McNiven, um, uh, Laval Rocket uh, goaltender hmm. Michael McNiven, won the OHL um, uh, goaltender in 2017 when he played for Owen Sound. And then he went on to, as you said, uh, would be the rep uh, for the CHL. Michael McNiven went on to win uh, CHL uh, goaltender of the, the year. Uh, we mentioned Alex Nedeljkovic um, um, and, and his strong season in the AHL. Um, he was the OHL uh, goaltender in 2014. And someone, if you've been paying attention to the NHL playoffs, um, uh, and you see this sensation uh, in St. Louis, uh, the, and the reason for turning the uh, uh, the Blues season around, uh, his name is Jordan Bennington, and he was the winner of the OHL goaltender of the year in 2013. And, you know, Jordan Bennington, speaking of in our in our last segment when we talked about how, you know, it, when you get an opportunity at the AHL level to make an impact, you run with it. Uh, we saw Jordan Bennington while he was backstopping the Providence Bruins last year in the Calder Cup playoffs uh, when they were playing against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Um, and, and look at him now. He's What a season he's had uh, after his call-up to St. Louis um, and is just uh, the talk of the playoffs. Um, and we should mention that Ukopeka Lukanen is a Buffalo Sabres prospect. So, uh, you know, as, as that team continues their rebuild process, uh, they've got quite a, quite a good goaltender coming through the pipeline uh, in development. And so he could be a big key for the Buffalo Sabres um, in, the very, in the very near future. Um, and finally, Rick, just speaking of, of guys who could make an impact in the very near future uh, for the Canadians organization, uh, and, and speaking of those CHL playoffs, there's a few Habs prospects who are, who are really making a lot of noise uh, in, in the CHL right now, uh, first and foremost, not the least of which, uh, is Nick Suzuki. Um, 
And uh, Nick Suzuki is just, I think he's got a new highlight reel goal or assist or, I don't know, just the way he jumps off the bench. I mean, it feels like everything (laughs) Nick Suzuki does uh, is, is highlight reel worthy, particularly in the playoffs this year. Well, that Um, whole series um, against uh, Saginaw, uh, mm -hmm. Nick Suzuki and his Guelph Storm team uh, stormed back. um, And uh, after falling down, they were, they were down three to one and facing elimination and, and Nick Suzuki uh, played a, uh, a large part in um, in bringing the the Gulf Storm back to uh, win that series, um, and uh, he's been he's been phenomenal in the uh, uh, in the OHL playoffs, and and uh, the Gulf Storm are uh, are moving on in in, um, um, in continuing with their playoff run. And I will, he is one player who I have to give Mark Bergevin a tip of the hat in making sure that he acquired him uh, from the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Nick Suzuki was a first-round draft pick, 13th overall, two years ago, um, and and is showing a lot of promise um, and and will come and do good things. Another name that you had mentioned uh, in our first segment when we were talking about prospects that people are going to be excited to see in Laval, who is also still lighting things up uh, in the playoffs is Joel Teasdale. Um, he is, uh, of course, playing for the Huskies. Um, and uh, he finished the regular season with 43 goals and 80 points in 66 games. Um, quite a, <laughs> quite a, uh, quite a resume for him. Uh, and he will be another one who will be exciting to watch um, coming up, but he's also uh, continuing his playoff run as well. Last but not least, Cole Fonstad. Uh, he is uh, with the Prince Albert Raiders, and they are they are out in the WHL, um, and he uh, will be moving on um, to face the Giants. And so there's a number of um, – prospects up and coming for the Montreal Canadiens who are still playing hockey and have a getting some good playoff experience and getting as you know we've heard so often how being in that winning environment particularly in the playoffs is good experience so uh, best of luck to all of them as uh, as they push forward in the championships as for us Rick uh, you know the the news just doesn't keep I wonder how many more fourth liners will get to talk about having new contracts next week. <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's what I really want to know. That's what mm-hmm. I really want to know. No, they, uh, but of course we are going to stay on top of all of the news in the off season for the Philadelphia Flyers organization, as well as the Montreal Canadiens organization and their prospects. Uh, particularly uh, we're going to keep an eye on the Calder cup playoffs as, as things are starting to heat up more and more. Um, as we talked about, the uh, CHL playoffs are, are starting to ramp up as well. Um, all sorts of news, and we have it all for you here at the AHL Report. As Again, make sure you find us online at ahl.report. That's the website, ahl.report. And, of course, as I've mentioned, you can always uh, join our conversation on Twitter, you can find us at the AHL report. Of course, if you want to find uh, Rick specifically, you can reach him at all Habs on Twitter. 
and uh, check out the 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 Canadian the Montreal Canadiens arm of Rocket Sports Media um, at allhabs.net. And you can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule, as well as be sure to hit up uh, and check out our Facebook page, Instagram accounts. And Rick, there are so many ways that people can listen to this podcast, uh, as well as all of the other podcasts that we have available here at Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, I believe there's four in total, if I am not mistaken. There are four podcasts. You mentioned Canadians Connection. Uh, that's the, the live podcast that, that goes every mm-hmm. Saturday at 1 o'clock. Um, and from the press box, this press bo- this uh, podcast, and those two are continuing. Um, I'm, I'm uh, recorded uh, with uh, Blaine Potvin, uh, an episode of um, Habs Unfiltered that will be coming out later this week. And there's also uh, Have a Listen with Lewis and Gibby. Um, the the way to find uh, all of those podcasts is Rocket Sports Radio and your favorite podcast app. Um, just search for Rocket Sports Radio. You'll get all four podcasts, uh, whether it's iTunes, whether it's TuneIn Radio, whether it's Google Play, whether it's Spotify. Search for Rocket Sports Radio, and you'll get uh, a new podcast almost every second day. And you know what? It's it's different content, different personalities, uh, but all under the Rocket Sports Media umbrella. It's 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 a really great way to stay tapped in and tuned in to uh, your favorite sport, your favorite hockey teams, uh, and we're here to continue to bring you all the great and latest news throughout the summer. There is no off season here at Rocket Sports Media, so we'll be here with you all summer long. We thank you, of course, for joining us today. Rick, I'm going to be sure to uh, to catch up on my International Jazz Day celebrations. Um, Thelonious Monk. Try that. Thelonious Monk. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Maybe that'll be my Twitter poll this week. Like, who's like who, who's the favored jazz artist, you know? That's a All good right. one. Um, Thanks so much for joining uh, me today and and being here. And uh, we'll be back again next Tuesday. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Enjoy hockey. Enjoy the playoffs. Don't, uh, Don't miss out on a bit of the action. And we'll be back next week right here on From the Press Box at the AHL Report. And keep on wishing. Remember your dreams. So keep on.